0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Buff Nation! Let's go, baby. Oregon Week. Oregon
1: Week. Lock in. It's getting real, man. It's time to lock in. DMVR Prime Primetime presented by Illegal Pete's, everyone's go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. What is up, chat? It's been a wild three days.
0: Man, it sure has. It's been a wild <laughs> three weeks. It really has been. <clears throat> As I put on Twitter, back-to-back hate weeks was a lot. It was a lot. It took a toll on me. Me too. Uh, I'm ready to just get back to football.
1: I know. (laughs) Same here. Uh, I think
0: Coach Prime is too.
1: I think so as well. But uh, we have to start talking about uh, what happened on Saturday just to get it out of the way. What was said today about Henry Blackburn and the awful situation that's unfolded, obviously receiving death threats now, and no one condones that. It's terrible. Yep. Uh, this is a kid that has a family, has parents, probably brothers and sisters. Like, it's a very sensitive situation right now. But uh, Coach Prime spoke about it today.
0: Yeah, and, and I predicted this would happen. I was actually talking to a CSU fan last night, friend of mine, um, who was really just upset about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I think it'll really calm down tomorrow because Coach Prime is going to come out and say, "Hey, everyone, chill out." And yep. you know, it, the reason why I saw that coming is because Coach Prime really cares about kids yeah you know what I mean like uh, we've talked about all the different reasons why on this show before but like coach prime loves young people Mm -hmm. and really cares about young people and we saw the situation with I believe his name was Hayden Hagler right uh at Jackson State who dropped the game tying two-point conversion attempt in the celebration bowl he was receiving death threats coach prime came out and you know uh told everyone they need to chill with that so I knew that was going to happen and I knew Coach Prime would go this route um, and uh, I'm glad he did. You know, you mentioned that it's it's a bad situation. It's a bad situation for everyone. It really is. Everyone lost in this situation. That's what sucks so much about this is like um, CU loses. lose uh, Travis Hunter loses right uh, because you know, he's going to have to miss time and he had a very scary situation that m- maybe could have been worse. Um, so we're lucky that it wasn't uh, obviously Henry Blackburn made a really bad decision uh, and put himself in a bad position, you know, not only uh, on the football field, but obviously with the stuff that's happening off the football field, Um, CSU loses, they get a ton of negative press, you know, they had 11 million people watching their football program. A lot of people came away saying this is a dirty program Uh, and, and, you know, and had a bad reflection of the coaching staff. Um, Colorado obviously loses one of their best players. And then the nation loses because we don't get to watch Travis Hunter go up against Oregon and USC. So, like, it was just a lose-lose situation all, all around. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm really just bummed for Travis, and I'm bummed for just the whole situation. But uh, I, think, I think Coach Prime is right. It's time to move on. Um,
1: you can see or hear and see exactly what Coach Prime said about Blackburn on our YouTube page if you go uh, to that presser today. These are just the lines that I picked out. He said, Henry Blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game. He should not be facing death threats. This is still a young man. He does not deserve a death threat over a game. At the end of the day, this is a game. That kid was just playing at the best of his ability and he made a mistake. I forgive him. Our team forgives him. Let's move on. He does not deserve that.
0: Yep. Wise words. No. Um, and and I I really think that, you know, uh, he has genuine concern in his heart for, for mm-hmm. Henry Blackburn.
1: Yep. I mean, like what you said, it's why coach prime doesn't i think doesn't want to go to the nfl too he likes being around young people he likes molding young men and trying to help make the next generation better really 100 percent um the big news today though alton mccaskill he is ready to go
0: Uh oh it's time yep it's time for alton uh and man couldn't have come a second sooner now what Coach Prime said is they took the yellow jersey off of him today. Yep. Um, he was asked directly, will he be ready to go this weekend? He did not say yes to that, but he got very close.
1: But you go back to before Nebraska when he was asked, last time he was actually asked about Alton, and he said two weeks. It's been two weeks.
0: There you go. It's time for Alton. And like I said, couldn't come a second sooner um, because it they really need help in the run game. Yeah. Um, We've we love Dylan, you know, like this is a this is a Dylan Edwards fan podcast from the beginning, (laughs) from the beginning. Um, But he's that's not what he's supposed to do. He's not supposed to be your every down back. Um, It's he's supposed to work in cahoots with another running back who comes in and gives the defense one look. And then all of a sudden they're on their heels a little bit for Dylan to come in and pop them. So, right. It hasn't happened for Hank. It hasn't happened for Savion. Um, we, we've barely gotten to see Cavassier smoke. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the, it's a fingers crossed moment that Alton can come in and be your one with Dylan Edwards being, you know, the, I hate to call him the two because he's just the starter at a different position almost. Right. But uh, you really hope that those two can come in and, and they can be your thunder and lightning. Um, and a lot of it, it does come back to offensive line, but the true greats at running back can make their offensive line look good.
1: Absolutely. Uh, we didn't hear about Van Wells. Um, so I'll try and get answers tomorrow on that. But just having a big back who can kind of do it all, I mean, it til- tilts the field in your favor. Like, now it's not as obvious when it's run or pass when Alton's back there. You know, like, you can hand it off out of 10 personnel on the shotgun with Alton back there, and it could be just as impact as when you're in 12 personnel trying to pound it with the... Uh, Savion or Hank.
0: Yeah. I mean, Alton McCaskill is special. Like, go back and watch Jake's film room on him if you haven't already, uh, or if you need a refresher on just, like, how good he is. Um, He's nasty. Yeah. So, you're just, like, crossing your fingers that he's fully healthy, and I think there's a reason why Coach Prime waited so long to get him out there. Mm -hmm. He wanted him to be fully healthy.
1: Yep. Well,
0: if all of a sudden, they start running the ball, even above average, the offense is unstoppable.
1: They just, I don't even think they need to run the ball at a great level. They just need someone to pick up those two, three-yard carries when they're – you saw it in the game on Saturday when they were in the goal line, um, and I think they had to settle for that field goal with Mata, or um, maybe it was uh, the first one. Either way, you need a back who can really knife through those tight spaces and pick up those two, three yards yeah. to get the touchdown, to get the first down. They haven't really had that yet, and that's really what Alton McCaskill is his best at. He's a great goal-line runner.
0: Totally, totally. He, I mean, 19 touchdowns, right? Uh, 16 s- 17, rushing.
1: 17, I think. 18, 18 or 17. <laughs> Either way, <laughs>
0: yeah. a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> a uh, ton when he was out there, and he has a, a nose for the end zone. He has a nose for you know the first down marker. He is going to be really, really integral into making this offense. On another level. And I loved what Coach Prime said today, which is kind of what I've been saying about the running game for weeks now. I don't want to run the ball just to run it. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do things with a purpose. And so I'm not going to run the ball if we're getting one yard or negative two yards every time we try to run it. Uh, And I agree with him. That being said, if you can get a successful rushing attack, then you can start working, you know, Shador on play action and stuff like that. Buy him more time, um, which obviously the more time he gets, the more trouble the defense is in. So... There's a lot that can help with a running game and especially against a team like Oregon who, to me, if you're going to win this game, it's going to be scoring them. um, It's going to be scoring with them Mm -hmm. one by one, touchdown by touchdown. uh, And so you're going to have to be able to stay on the field as an offense and a running game will help that a lot.
1: And just pass pro. I mean, Alton's a big back. He's pretty good in pass pro. He can block face up. I mean, we love Dylan, but he's got to resort to cutting guys, and it results in whiffs sometimes, and he just gets flat-out overpowered in pass pro. Now you have a big back who can do it all and as well help in pass pro. So I think you're going to see this next week, you know, when they—we've seen it a lot. Teams are trying to blitz Shador when they go into four wide or they go into empty because they know that if they can make make a decision quickly or just pressure him, it completely wrecks the play. Now you have Alton back there as another ba- uh, blocker. I think it's going to just help out every aspect of the offense, really.
0: I mean, people forget when it comes to transfers this off season. It was Shador and Travis, one and two. Every you know, the, obviously, mm. the third most hyped and most exciting transfer was Alton McCaskey. Yeah. So yeah. you know, who knows exactly where he fits in? Uh, in terms of how good he is on this team like who do you think has been the third best player on the team through three weeks I mean probably Dylan or Zay actually <laughs> Zay's is a good one Zay is actually a really good one so like can he get into that conversation because mm-hmm. if he can this offense will be unstoppable yeah if you go back and look at, at the times where CU's had to punt the ball it's because they try to run the ball on first down doesn't work Second down, something goes wrong in pass protection. Maybe they give up a sack. Um, this last week, there was a couple big drops on second downs. Yep. And then, you know, third, third and nine, defense is pinning their ears back and getting after Shador, and, you know, he's having to scramble around, throw it away, or get sacked. If you can get on schedule, if you can start giving Shador, I know this sounds crazy, but, like, second and six, second and five yes. consistently, the, the offense will go to another level.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing we've seen is he's so good on those third and long kind of do-or-die situations. Even the end of the game from, what was it, the 11-22 mark on when it's like it was literally do-or-die. Like he had to make plays otherwise he was going to lose. You just shorten the chains, you know, make things easier on a down-by-down basis. The offense is just going to naturally flow better and you're going to be able to, you know, a three-yard run on second and six doesn't kill you as it does on, I don't know, first and 15
0: or first and 10. You know what I mean? Totally. And you don't want Shador to have to be constantly making those 3rd and 13, you know, dimes into difficult um, coverages. Like, just getting, if you can get this running game going, you're going to make his life so much easier.
1: Right. Um, the other big story, Cormani McLean. we'll get to that on the other side. Uh, real quick, we've already talked enough about Travis and the injury like we've supported him, we talked about yeah. him all through the pregame show. Go look on social. Like, Travis is okay.
0: No, I mean totally. The postgame show, you know, we were irate. Yes. And you know, uh, we've been mad about this for three straight days. Yes. We're take, We're trying to take Coach Prem's lead here. Exactly. And move on. I think. And I think, it's the right message.
1: No, I mean we love Travis. I don't yeah. know why we have to say this honestly. I mean, you, know,
0: you can't. Uh, whatever. I, a lot of the people watching the show are defending us That's and true. understand.
1: Uh, shout out to Kind Love, one of the first dispensaries established in Colorado back in 2010. They've got this Turbo Joint line. You guys need to check it out. Um, you can get the Turbo Joint pre-rolls, or you can buy the inserts. You can stuff those into a cigarette, uh, blunt, or joint, and infuse your experience. Um, they've also got their Get It While well, It's Hot flower shelf. The eighths for $20 out the door, ounces for 100 out the door. Visit one of their many stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DMVR and receive the DMVR exclusive discount of 25% off all Kind Love flower, pre-rolls, and their Turbo Joint line. You can also visit their website at kindlove.com and use that code DMVR for online ordering and their full extensive menu. And then uh, Broken Tea. Do you mind telling the people about Broken Tea
0: a little bit? Great course. Um, not official hole-in-one, but my only hole-in-one yep. in my life came at Broken Tea uh when we did our hole-in-one challenge uh and i think i've said this before but it's kind of a party course like you want to go have a really good time on the course that's one of the places that you should go right uh some places you go and you want to turn up the music and you know have some drinks with the boys and you start getting dirty looks across the fairways from you know the uh uppity old people (laughs) that's not going to happen at broken tea broken tea you can go down there and have a good time it's one of the things i love about it and uh yeah, great rates as well.
1: Yep, it's the coolest golf course in the city. Um, 27 total holes. You can go to brokenteagolf.com to make tea times and get the latest updates. Use the code DMVR10. You'll get 10% off any round on their regulation course. Bro, what? Oregon scored 81 points in their first game. They played like Portland State. <laughs> I or know, that's ridiculous. That's insane. Um, they beat the hell out of Hawaii on Saturday too.
0: Yeah, they did. Um, the game that I, you know, I'm most interested in watching the film of that I will this week is Texas the Te- Texas Tech game. Yep. Um, Texas Tech got smacked around by Wyoming in week mm-hmm. one, and then turned around and almost beat Oregon in week two. Um, is Tyler Shuck still the quarterback at Texas Tech? So I don't was... remember because we were watching at that uh, sports bar in Fort Worth. Oh right, but right, we didn't right, have the right. sound. Yeah.
1: Um, But the big story, I guess, coming out of this press conference, it besides is scholarship. all that, Well, that was a kind of a little revenge game then, an yep. opportunity there. But Cormani, uh, obviously with Travis being out, Carter was injured on Saturday as well. They need help at cornerback. Yep. And so the question today was, well, what's going on with Cormani and why isn't he ready? Because coach
0: again said he's not ready and coach said it's on him. Well, and and first of all, Coach Prime was asked like, "Is Cor, well, will Cormani be out there? Or is he an option?" He said no. Mm. He said, "What's holding him back?" And he said himself. Now that can mean a lot of things, and so I'm not going to try and um, I'm not going to try and read in between the lines too much there, because I saw some some people saying like, "Oh, maybe it's academics, right? Maybe, maybe it's this, maybe it's that. We don't know." Um, but Coach Prime sending a message, and I think there's a reason why Cormonti McLean came to Colorado and that it's that he wanted to be led and coached and taught by Deion Sanders, by coach prime. Yep. And everyone that's freaking out over this saying he's going to transfer. He's going to hit the portal. Relax. This, that, the other thing. Yeah. I just think you need to relax. Like we are three weeks into his college career. We are only a couple months into his time on campus. Yes. I don't think that in that short period of time, one, it should be expected that Cormani should be ready. Everyone's different. We expected him to be a starter. Mm-hmm. We were wrong. Um, and everyone develops differently. You know, a perfect example of this, just because I was just talking about it on the Broncos postgame show the other night is Nick Benito. Yep. Nick Benito gets to the NFL. He's a second round pick. Really excited. Does nothing last year. Yeah, And everyone is just out on him, including me yeah, i was, I just was like too. oh yeah i guess he's just not a guy
1: we talked to Lincoln Riley he mentioned all the Oklahoma it, he, yeah, players he didn't mention him <laughs> didn't mention Nick Benning well
0: what's he what's he doing now he's balling. yeah through two weeks he looks great and i just think every once in a while we need these reminders that everyone develops at a different pace yes everyone catches up to the speed of the game at a different pace um everyone conditions at a different pace whatever it is 3 weeks is not the time to pull the plug to start panicking and i i'm confident that Cormani and his family still trust Coach Prime that he's going to do the best thing for Cormani. Like, Absolutely. The goal here is not to play against Colorado State. The goal here is to play in the NFL. Uh, and if Coach Prime doesn't think he's ready and he needs to you know, take a step forward in whatever areas before he's ready to go on the field, then I think there's trust there.
1: Cormani only got here at the end of June. It's been a little over three months at this point. This is a kid who had to adjust to the elevation, adjust to college life to a college strength and conditioning program, and a college defense. We've heard, just from talking to Neely when he's sitting in on meetings, how in-depth and, I don't want to use the word complex, but it, this is a legitimate defense where every player on the field has all this information they need to take in and retain. This is a big jump for a guy like Carmani, especially since when you go back to high school, he was just an athletic freak, and he was getting yeah. by on that. That's why he's a five-star, is because he's so athletically gifted. And when we talked to Polkway, uh, Dallin, on the show leading up to the season, he mentioned Cormani started playing as a wide receiver. He yeah. didn't become a cornerback until about halfway through, I think, his sophomore or junior year. I think it was sophomore, actually. So this is a kid that's still learning the position, too. Totally.
0: Totally. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. And I think the point that you made should be doubled down on. He is someone who has been able to go his whole life just being more athletic than everyone around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he probably still is more athletic than most of the people around him. Yeah, But there's a lot more to it at this level. And so I, for one, am confident that Cormani's is going to be able to learn you know, the techniques and all of the different things that you need to learn to be dominant at this level. But I really think that Coach Prime is not keeping Cormani off the field because he doesn't think he can play. It's he's not putting him out there on the field because he I don't know if he thinks he's ready to dominate. Yes. And also, when you put a freshman corner out there, let's just say he wants to put him out there this week. Mm-hmm. Put a freshman corner out there against a Heisman candidate quarterback and, you know, some great wide receivers, uh, you don't want him to be a little bit in over his head and lose confidence. Like, Coach Prime does everything with a purpose. He is developing Cormani and is going to play him when he, find, when he feels the time is right.
1: Exactly. Um, just give the kid a break, man.
0: He's, he's going to play this year. For sure. And I, I think a lot of CU fans are fine with that. Yeah. Um, and now it helps that they're 3-0. Um, yes, of course. Uh, and, you know, I think... I, do we know what happened to Carter?
1: I don't know. He just—I uh, just saw. I was standing at the tunnel, Wasn't suited, yeah. And uh, I mean, I saw Javon. I saw a bunch of guys who I knew weren't going to play, and then Carter was with them, and
0: I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." That sucks. Yeah. Because uh, he was—he was doing awesome, and I—I I couldn't believe when they when uh, we watched the broadcast. I don't think they brought it up once. No. Nope. That CU was down to their third option on that side. Yeah. Um. When, once Travis went out.
1: That's the thing. You lose Travis and the whole defense changes, not only from a depth perspective, but how you call it. We'll, get, we'll talk about this more when we talk <coughs> about uh, the film and everything. Just some more stuff uh, from Coach Primes Presser today. He opened up, said, thankful to be here. Thankful to be second week in a row. Thankful to be and happy to be your head coach at CU. Wonderful win. You're going to have these types of games and contests throughout the season. We're thankful and appreciative. Now it's on to the next chapter. And every home game has been sold out for this season. Wild. Um, I'm almost surprised it took this long. <laughs> it's crazy. It, but it's insane, man. The demand, the numbers yeah. from the broadcast. Coach
0: Prime said today, most streamed game of all time. Most streamed game of all time. And I mentioned this to you in the car. Um, it was great. I think the the tweet that highlights this the most came from Dwayne Wade who said, just landed, I've never watched TV on my phone in my life, but I couldn't miss this Colorado game. Yep. Dwayne Wade is saying that, and so like you're just imagining, there's the video of the ASU students in the stands yep. getting blown out by Fresno <laughs> State, they're sitting in the student section, three different kids are all streaming the Buffs game on their phone, Yep. it is must watch television, and Shiloh mentioned this, but he said, yeah, more people tuned in because they thought we were going to lose, or mm-hmm. I don't know if he said it that way, but because it was a close game. I'll say it that way right the haters tuned in because they wanted to see Colorado lose yeah um, and what they got is a little taste of dime time but <laughs> it's uh, it's just crazy everyone in the world is paying attention to this story they want to see what's happening mm-hmm. um, and you know it just it brings up uh, what coach prime said to the team this morning we watched the beginning of well off before the show started yeah so all eyes are on you Yep. everything you do is under a microscope everything you do is going to be um, you know um, like multiplied by a million. Uh, and it's kind of true for everyone around Colorado. Like for you and me, everything we do is multiplied by a million. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, for the fans, like this is in no way excusing it, but like there are kids getting death threats in their DMs across the country every week. As terrible as that is. You drop a pass, yeah. you have a, a kick. Yeah. You have a, you know, you do something with like that, but. Because it happens in Colorado, where all the eyes are, it becomes a much bigger story. You know, and, and again, no matter where it is, it's not acceptable. But everything is under the microscope now, and it's just crazy. It's crazy to see. I, I said it weeks ago. I'll say it again. We're in the eye of the hurricane. Yeah. Uh, and every, the whole, everything is spinning around us.
1: Yep. Uh, Neely keeps telling us, or I told Neely that one time, it's like the Mr. Krabs meme, <laughs> and we're going to get a shirt picture made of, of you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Coach Prime also, I mean, said Travis is doing great. Uh, Talked about how much he loved him. Just said uh, he can't wait till he's able to get back and do what he's capable of doing. Um, He called him the best uh, player on offense and on defense, not only on his team, but in the entire country. And he's damn right. Yep. Um, Coach Prime on Shiloh. He was actually asked if he sees himself in Shiloh when he plays. He had a great answer. He said, my kids and I, our deal is you don't have to be me. Be the best you that you can be. Shiloh is a bona fide leader. He's a dog. Uh, he loves playing for Charles Kelly. He spoke about the matchup with Oregon. He said, we have not played a complete game. We've got to put it all together to be able to beat Oregon. The Buffs, of course, 21-point underdogs again going What's into your- this one. Um, what else we got? Oh, I can't remember what this question was, but he was asked about Shador. Um, and just like, I guess, just being comfortable here. And he said he's home. Remember when I said I'm about to get comfortable? He's comfortable.
0: And I love that he brought this up because it is so evident. Um, I'll, I remember. Do you remember the interview that Shador did with like Brandon Marshall and um, yeah, yeah, that, the podcast woman, right? yeah. Um, and he was like very not comfortable there. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave a bunch of no answers. Brandon Marshall was, like, getting frustrated. Um, and, like, that was the first, if I remember correctly, it was the first, like, big media thing Shador had done since he got to Colorado. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think it was just it, he was in kind of foreign territory for himself. Now he has gone out there. He's done what he knew he was going to do, which is ball out. And remember Neely said it to us, like, two weeks into fall camp. He's like, uh, Shador is smiling every day he's having fun he's laughing he looks really comfortable and that is a great sign mm-hmm. because it means that he is excited about this team and excited about what's going to happen and so ever since then I've been noticing it and every week he gets more and more comfortable and like him flashing the watch and like going and like talking shit on ESPN like that's awesome yeah it's amazing because it, it shows like he's he's fully like leaning into himself and having fun with this and uh, and I love seeing it because, uh, you know, like we see, like we talk about a lot with Travis, like Travis is so unapologetically himself and it's the best. Like he's wearing a giraffe onesie on his show last night, which he knows <laughs> is going to have all the viewers because everyone wants to know how he's doing after the injury. Um, and like Shudor now is really being really comfortable in who he is and in his yep. own skin. And um, it's fantastic.
1: I mean, just seeing if you watched Well Off from Saturday and how Shador just reacts with the student section. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: he loves it here. Oh, yeah.
1: Coach Prime loves it here. It's just awesome to see.
0: And everyone loves them. Yes. You know, uh, this might sound crazy now, but if you remember when, when the bus first hired Coach Prime, we kept getting questions every week. Um, yeah. Are they a culture fit at Colorado? Right. Are they going to fit in there? Is, is the community going to be okay with the fact that Coach Prime is a man of God? All of these things, which we immediately said, like, none of that's going to matter. <laughs> right. Um, but it was a question back then. And now you see, like, the community has completely embraced them. Um, the, you know, obviously the students love Shador. Yeah. Uh, they, they love Coach Prime. Like, Coach Prime is getting, like, a, a crazy loud standing ovation over an hour before the game when he just, like, walks out to do his walk down the field. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And, and uh, they deserve it. So it's really cool to see.
1: Um, Coach Prime has asked about if this week's going to be personal with Dan Lanning, uh, given his comments from the offseason. And he said what he said about Jay Norvell last Tuesday. He said, I I respect the heck out of this man. I love what he's accomplishing. I love who he is, how he runs his team. Got a lot of respect for him. So precedent has been set on Tuesday. (laughs) Let's see how it goes. I was
0: going to say, last week it wasn't personal on Tuesday either. Right. Uh, And then Jay Norvell went and made it personal. I have a feeling... Well, and Dan Lanning has already spoken and he said that yeah. um what he said about Colorado wasn't a shot at Dion. Uh his words obviously not. <laughs> he was talking about the past. Yes. But it was a shot at the school. Um, and you know, I think the fans took a lot of issue with that. But I get the feeling everyone's um l- like like I said, kind of ready for uh the game in the story to be about football. Yeah. Rather than you know another week of it's personal yeah for sure But it's always going to be personal
1: life's personal bro
0: <laughs> in the words of uh jimmy horn <laughs> Hell yeah but it's you know me there's always going to be especially from every one of these pac 12 teams there's going to be haters of coach prime so in that way it's you know it's always going to be uh a little extra spicy than we're than what everyone's used to yep but this is a uh a matchup of number 19 in the country versus what number 10 yep this is a this is a really big football game, uh, and so it doesn't need any of that extra juice. Like last week, really needed it. You know, it's like they're trying to. right. right. It's like, almost like Jay Novell trying to sell a pay per view event. It's like <laughs> I need to, I need to get some more eyeballs out here. Like that, they, this doesn't need it. This is about football.
1: Um. Yeah, I'll pull up the rankings. For but Oregon also, screw Dan Lanning. Just so we're clear. I mean, everyone saw Pac-12 media day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't like him then. I didn't like him when he made those comments about CU. Uh, And so I would love for the Buffs to go beat him.
1: Um, Oregon is number 10. So, yeah, 19 versus 10. Uh, Coach Brime talked about his aggressiveness on going for it on fourth down and why they kept the ball for the first uh, session in overtime. Asked by me. You did ask him. (laughs) I I was going to tell you, I asked him last week that question.
0: You stole my question?
1: You weren't here. (laughs)
0: Okay. Well.
1: Um, he said, I'm aggressive because uh, I'm aggressive by nature. Uh, we're going to put pressure on people, and they wanted the ball in Shador's hands to start off overtime.
0: Yeah, I mean, I loved that. I loved that part. Um, basically, I, I just, I've always felt that you do a huge service to your team by being aggressive as a head coach. Oh yeah. Um, and if you watch, Shador operates a certain way, especially around the 50-yard line. On third downs, because he knows it's not really third and nine; Mm -hmm. it's third and six. Because if I can get six, then I'll get another chance at fourth and three. Um, So, having that mindset instilled in your players that you're going to be the aggressor um, really empowers them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know I talked about this, and I know we're 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 moving on from CSU, but like in my opinion, Jay Norvell coached scared. with those types of decisions. Yeah. And might have cost them the game. Uh, who knows if they convert the fourth down? You know, it's always right. easy to say they should have gone for it because they could have gotten it, but well, their offense was in control. And they it, had a great punt. They downed it at the two yard yeah, line. It didn't matter.
1: And it does, I mean, Shador's just Shador, but right. like almost any other team, you take those odds.
0: Yes. I would rather take two yards to win the game. Of course. But I mean. And then you had another chance. After you scored in the first overtime, yeah, two yards to win the game, Yep. if I am the underdog by 24 points and those opportunities present themselves to me, I'm taking them. So forget yeah. him. I love that coach prime has that aggressive nature uh, in him because it empowers your team to feel like we are the aggressor at all times.
1: For sure. Uh, then Shiloh came on the podium. I love this guy. Oh, dude. He's the best. He's amazing. Um, he was asked about the all the crossing routes that CSU was running on them and had success with, and just making those adjustments. Uh, he said, "We just got to get uh, get good matching those underneath routes. That's what we worked on today. That's what they've been working on since Saturday. We're real good at making adjustments because we have the best coaching staff in the country. Bang. Damn straight.
0: Yep. And in rewatching the game, I was looking out for this because I wanted to see what their adjustment was and they really did adjust to the crossing routes um you can even see trevor and shiloh and sometimes cam communicating before the snap of like okay if he comes down like it's on you to go make that play um and to be fair they did get stops on these plays Mm -hmm. um more so later in the game than they did obviously in the beginning of the game but the big problem was when the coaching staff made adjustments the players didn't execute right um multiple missed tackles when they had a chance to get a stop at like the one yard or uh, like a one yard gain or even a one yard loss. So they did adjust. They widened out the linebackers to give them uh, more room to attack the crossing routes. They brought safeties down to like, you know, essentially be like a robber on that play to come down and hit that. And they missed like three tackles in a row right after they made those adjustments. And so it it felt so bad Mm -hmm. because it was like, Oh my God, they cannot stop this. Also got to give credit to Torrey Horton. Like he has some, some crazy moves yeah Um, he's dope he had like a crazy stop and go on Shiloh that Shiloh flew by him on so like they were coming down and they were getting in position after the beginning of the game they were getting in position to make those plays and then they just didn't make them one thing I can be certain of there's no way that Oregon is going to be able to kill them with that play Mm -hmm. like they will they will find a way to stop that for sure
1: um, Shiloh called Charles Kelly the mastermind behind everything for CU's defense. He spoke about he um, loves Charles Kelly, he really does. And Coach Prime said it too. Yep, he spoke about uh, obviously, he had that play. Uh, I can't remember who it was, I think it was Taj Allsense, whoever it was, almost sacked BFN. He threw the ball up, Shiloh like picked it off, they called it incomplete. Yep, and then the
0: next play was the pick six. Yeah, that's what I asked him because I, I, when they, yeah. I watched the film, I was like. It felt like he baited him right. on the next play, and I was just like, I wonder if he was thinking like, man, I can't believe they took that one away from me. Yep. I have to go get one now. And, like, of course, he always wants to get interceptions. But I, in, he originally said no, and then he did kind of yep. explain that, yes, <laughs> I did feel like I have to go get one now. Yep,
1: His answer was not really every game I try to go get two interceptions. On that play, Coach Kelly and I have been going over for that all week. Show me plays of Jordan Battle doing the same thing at Alabama. I just followed the blueprints.
0: Yeah, I I mean, go ahead. how awesome is that? He knew uh, Horton lined up inside, and I tweeted this out. Remember the throw it at Hunter from the TCU game? (laughs) I so badly wish I was recording because there's a CSU fan sitting right behind me. Before the play, he literally goes, oh, we got Horton on Sanders. I love this. And so <laughs> literally as Shiloh's running to the end zone, I'm just fucking looking at him and he was a good sport about it. I mean, he was in enemy territory, so he had to act right. But he was like, damn, all right, well, oh, I look like an idiot now.
1: He was asked about also about the wide uh, range of game times that he has played so far, obviously two games in that noon Eastern slot. And then last weekend, 1020 Eastern. Terrible terrible he said i love the 10 a.m ones when it's an 8 p.m game you just have to wait around all day i don't know i did make a big play on saturday night though
0: <laughs> it's true um this 1 30 game is going to be like an amazing blessing yep don't have to wake up early we'll be done with our post game show by like seven o'clock we'll get to watch the like night slate of mm-hmm. college football yep um and I guess that's a good time for us to talk about yeah, our plans for this weekend. Um, we fully planned on going to Oregon. Yep. Turns out going to Oregon, not easy. No. Um, I spent pretty much all of Sunday night and Monday morning trying to figure out a plan for us to go to Eugene, and it, it was such a logistical nightmare. Um, the flights were absurdly expensive. There's nowhere to stay in Oregon in Eugene this weekend because it is move-in weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, Oregon goes on the trimester system, so they start school way later and end school way later, Um, and couldn't make it work. So that is sad on one hand, but also exciting on another hand, um, because it means we're gonna do a watch-along. Hell yeah. So we will be here in the bar with hundreds of people, hundreds (laughs) of Buffs fans who have been flooding the bar every game, doing a watch-along, Um, And if you haven't seen, uh, you know, us do a watch along before, it means Jake and I will be in here watching the game, giving our commentary live as things are happening. Um, So, you know, obviously you guys will be watching the game, but you can pull us up on your phone, pull us up on your laptop, your iPad on the side, um, and we can all experience the game together. And, you, you know, we can get the chat pop in and it'll be really, really fun
1: i'm excited i love doing these um just talking ball having a little chat with the chat yeah and just the emotions of the whole thing seeing how you guys react to everything that goes down it's going to be a lot of fun i'm excited
0: it's going to be great um neely of course will be in oregon uh Uh, and so we'll be still creating content with him we'll obviously try to have him well i don't even say try we'll have him hop on the pregame show from hopefully the team hotel um, we will have him hop on the post game show from the stadium once he's done with his post game stuff. So get the we'll still get the inside look right. uh, from Unc, and we will uh, we'll be hanging out here. So if you haven't been down here for a game yet, get here early. Yes. <laughs> um, I've been told the bar is opening at nine, but check our socials for an official statement on that uh, later in the week. But I, I think nine o'clock is the when the bar will open. Come down, watch the early games, watch the end of college game day or big noon before it starts, uh, and hang out all day because it's going to be an absolute party in here.
1: Can't wait, man. Um, Last thing from Shiloh, he was asked about the Travis hit. Different reaction. (laughs) Different reaction. He said, Travis is my guy. Losing Travis is like losing two players. He said that on Saturday night as well. Uh, I just had to make sure he was all right. He was one of the first people to call him after Travis uh, was in the hospital. He said, I really wanted to whoop that dude who did that to him after the game. That was crazy. I thought something would happen punishment-wise. If I did that, something way crazier would have happened, and he is 100% right.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone felt that way. <laughs> you yes. Know, Shiloh's saying what everyone felt. Uh, so, you know, I, I, he and Coach Prime are on different wavelengths today, uh, and, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's funny because... Shiloh's speaking for everyone, I think, at least for the way they immediately felt. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. That's his brother, bro. Of course.
1: I mean, hard not to understand how he feels that way, honestly. Of course. All right, let's move on. Um, let's talk about what we learned from the film and recruiting. But first, a word from our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Guys, come down to the DMBR bar this weekend. It's going to be a banger. We're going to have, of course, the CU game on Saturday and a whole slate of college football. Enjoy some Breck Brew while you're here. Maybe Sunday as well. Uh, Broncos are on the road, I believe, right? Are they in Miami? Yeah, they are at Miami and then at at Chicago next week. So there you go. So Sunday is going to be popping here as well. Um, We've got tons of Breck Brews on tap, tons in a can, uh, good company, hard seltzers, all kinds of stuff. Um, you can find a Breck brew near you. If you use their beer locator, go to www.breckbrew.com and then shout out to Backus and Shanker there for you. If you get hurt, they've been helping Colorado families win for 25 years. No fees to speak with them about your case. No fees. while they work on your case and no fees unless they win your case and win money for you. Um, they've won over a billion dollars for their clients and they help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrian trucks, even if you're hurt at work. If you need to sue, smash the two, 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 two. two to find out if you have a case for free, Bacchus and Shanker wins. Let's talk about the game. The actual football game on Saturday. Okay. What was your big takeaway on your
0: rewatch? Um, It's hard to say. Uh, I, I would honestly say that it my big takeaway is that that game had every ingredient of a massive upset yep uh i mean i was just watching it thinking like if i was watching this game as an unbiased observer let's just say it was um uh new mexico new mexico state and new mexico state was a 24 point underdog or right whatever um Early in the game, I would have been like, I'm hopping on the money line of the underdog Yeah, because this this is just doing that thing that upsets do where weird things happen. It's a trick play touchdown followed by a scoop and score to give them a lead. And it was just like, man, the pick was weird, dude. Everything was weird. Um, Cam has a perfect opportunity to knock down a pass. Somehow it just like misses his hand. He does everything right, except for the ball just doesn't hit his hand. When he goes to swipe at it, ends in a touchdown. On the next drive, uh, what ended up being, I think the last drive for CSU, they have a third and three. They run the crossing route to Horton. Breedlove covers it perfectly, puts his hand out. Somehow it doesn't hit the ball. It goes right into Horton. He makes a pretty good catch. They convert it. This had everything to be an upset and the resilience of this team to overcome all of those breaks going against them and pulling it out at the end, of course, led by Shador just being him. Uh, was was really special to watch uh, a second time and just realize, like, oh, my God. You know, I think Coach Prime said it to them. You, there were so many opportunities to just hang your head and say, this isn't our day. And they um, never, ever even considered doing that. Uh,
1: my big takeaway is just on the offensive side of the ball, how guys like Michael Harrison <laughs> and Tarvaris Dawson really stepped up, especially after Travis went out. Uh, Michael Harrison went uh, seven receptions on seven targets. Tavares Dawson was five receptions on six targets. Both had some big runs after the catch. Um, just clutch plays, clutch, uh, clutch catches. Just shows how deep and how many weapons this team has. Yeah. And, you know, you lose Travis, everything changes on both sides of the ball. But offensively, I feel much better about the them than the defense yeah. when you lose Travis.
0: I guess my other takeaway that kind of goes along the lines of what I what my original takeaway was is everyone in the you know everyone in their mom is saying oh if CU has that much trouble with Colorado State they have no chance against Oregon. Um, th- it's just not how football works. Mm-hmm. just not how football works. Yep. Um, we'll you know the game the flow of the game changes every week and uh, there's so many times where you think that you know what's going to happen and it just never shouldn't say never oftentimes it doesn't work out that way um CU's gonna have a totally different approach this week they're back as heavy heavy underdogs last time, we know what happened the last time they were heavy heavy underdogs um there's a little extra juice of everyone has to step up in place of Travis that plays a role in this and As I said, one of my first big takeaways in the post-game show is the Rocky Mountain Showdown is a weird rivalry, man. Yeah. Six games in a row before that one, the ranked team coming in lost to the unranked team. And you know, multiple of those were Colorado State, but like CU is number six in the country one time. Yeah. Got blown out. It's a weird rivalry. I don't think that the way that they looked in that game has any bearing on whether or not they can beat Oregon.
1: Um, last thing that really just caught my eye—I noticed it live too—was just, I think this is why the game kind of went the way it did. It was just they couldn't build offensive momentum at all in that first quarter. Um, I mean, CSU starts with the ball; they go three and out. Colorado gets the ball; they have the the weird interception on a third and eleven. And you pointed out how great of a throw it actually was from Shador to Jimmy Horn. It just oh kind of went through his hands and it actually just yeah. lands in the hand of the de- uh, lap of the defender.
0: Yeah, Jimmy, like it looked like he almost just closed his hands a little early yeah, uh, and it just like twisted off of them right into the hands of the defender. Um,
1: So that happens. That was only four offensive plays. CSU gets the ball back. They drive all the way down the field. Then the pick six happens. So they get the ball right back again. Um, They end up driving down. They score a touchdown there. That was the Torrey Horton pass. Colorado gets the ball back. They only get three plays before the Travis fumble happens. And then, so, CSU gets the ball back again. Um, I don't think they... Or, no. So, they, that's when the scoop and score happens. Yep. So, they get the ball back. Then, the Travis injury happens. It's like, all right, now we're down our best player. Like,
0: yeah. it's just a lot of just... It was hard to really build anything. Totally. It's another thing that just, like, when you're wa- when you're rewatching it, you're just like, man, everything's going against yep. them.
1: Yep. Uh, anything else from the game on Saturday? <coughs>
0: um... I wonder if they're going to call things a little differently for Travis moving forward once he comes back healthy Um, just because he does, you know, kind of have a target on his back and coach prime was asked about this in the presser today about Shador Mm -hmm. Um, and it was kind of like a roundabout way of asking about CSU playing dirty, but he was just like, is there any concern with just how many eyes are on you guys and all the excitement around this team and whatever the swagger. That people are going to go after Shador, go after Travis moving forward. And, you know, Coach Prime, there's not really a way to answer that other than I hope not. You know, that's not the way to play this game. But with Travis, you might just have to protect him a little bit. E- you know, even just coming back from the injury, um, I was telling you in the car, like, if he doesn't get single coverage, which is probably going to be rare, it's like you might, right. you might mostly be throwing to him when he's facing you so yep. you don't, so he doesn't get put uh in the position for players to do things like that to him
1: for sure uh last thing i had today is just the impact that the last or the first three weeks of the season the atmosphere at folsom uh what this team has done the impact it's had on recruiting oh my god it has been night and day even from we thought we had it good in the off season what is happening now is really, I think, the transcendent part of Coach Prime. This is really where it's going to reach another level. Like, What happens this year is going to happen. Like, Who knows how good they're going to end up with a record when they finish the season. Um, But moving forward, this team is really, really set up to do some damage. Bryce Underwood, the number one player in the 2025 class, was there. He had a great time, it seemed. The fans made signs for him. He's hanging around Shador after the game. I mean, he spoke to Steve Wiltfong after, um, and it sounds like Colorado is definitely in the mix now.
0: Yeah. Uh, And, Jake, we said this in the offseason. Just watch what happens if they win. Yep. We just kept saying, watch what happens if they win. Yep. That's the only reason anyone wouldn't have decided to come to see you before is, okay, well, they won one game last year. Like, Am I really going to get a chance to compete on the biggest stage? And, you know, I think you and I and uh, the, the people who watch this show know that, knew that this team was going to be so much better. Oh, yeah. But if you're, um, you know, if you're Alabama recruiting a kid and Colorado's recruiting that kid, the thing you're saying is, well, you're going to go to Colorado? We play in the national championship damn near every year here. Yep. Uh, we at least make it to the playoff every year. Like, you're going to get those opportunities that you won't get at Colorado. So we just kept saying, all right. It's already at a certain level. Just wait to see what happens if they win. They're 3-0. And as I said after week one, every player in the country is asking themselves, should I be going to Colorado? Mm-hmm. You're watching them line up behind Ralphie. And they've got Ralphie on the front line. She runs. you got Lil Wayne. you got Coach Prime. They're doing the we ready <laughs> in the tunnel. And I'm just thinking, like, how could you look at this and not go here? It was... That atmosphere was unbelievable. Best best crowd in college football. Yes. The scenes of that stadium were un- uh, remarkable. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, uh, in English soccer, they call it limbs. When, like, a crazy play happens and you look at the crowd and you just see, like, everyone's flailing around. Right. Just, like, absolute limbs. Um, when... <laughs> When Shador threw the touchdown to Jimmy, I looked into the student section and it was just like a a mosh pit. (laughs) Like you're getting the best atmosphere in college football, the most exposure in college football. Just look at the ratings. Look at the the people that are watching. You're rubbing shoulders with the biggest celebrities, Lil Wayne, The Rock, Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. Smith. Um, Who else was there? Offset. Like... Masterpiece. I mean, you're, I yeah, you're the center of everything, and you're gonna win. So what? Give me one reason.
1: Yep. Um, it's crazy, man. Ryan Wingo buzz is starting to pick up again. Um, who else? Nick Marsh. So this was a Michigan State commit. Uh, he committed to Michigan State on July seventh of this summer. Two four seven Sports Composite four star, hundred twenty seventh overall player, twentieth overall wide receiver. He was just offered by CU, and now the Mel Tucker stuff, we kind of already knew it was going to happen, but it's really the gears are starting to turn of him being fired and getting yep. out of there. And I think there's that's a team, you know, when it comes to the portal and when it comes to recruiting that they're kind of free game now at this point, really.
0: Yeah. It, I'm interested to learn what this portal situation is going to be for the players on Michigan State right now. I, I don't think you can play. Okay.
1: Because... The thing that I remember is this: last year when Durrell got fired, Brendan Lewis immediately transferred out. He couldn't commit or join another team; he just left the team.
0: So it wouldn't make any sense for those players to do it then, right?
1: Just stay, stay with Michigan State. Like, don't enter the portal yet. Put your tape out there, and then figure things out after the season. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Seaton was also in Boulder this last weekend. Two four seven Sports Composite four star, thirty sixth overall player in the class, first overall. Interior alignment, it says, but this guy's listed at six five two eighty seven. He plays left tackle at IMG. um He had a great time, it seems, as well, and he was uh, a guy that I don't know. You saw a lot of pictures. It just seemed like he really enjoyed himself.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, what did Coach Prime say after the game? He said he talked to one of the big recruits. Yep, and it was. He said talked to one of the big guys. I couldn't tell if that meant like. The biggest stars right. or the biggest stature. Yeah. Um, but he said, uh It's different out here, it's man. Just different out here. Yep. And it really is. Like it is. All of a sudden, I know we just talked about this, but like the sidelines are looking like courtside at a Lakers game. It's crazy. Or a Knicks game. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's different. That's not happening yeah. at Alabama. Yep. At Alabama or Georgia. It's just not.
1: Speaking of Alabama, Alabama commit Jeremiah Beeman was also in Boulder. 66, what, was the,
0: what was the last guy you were talking about? Jordan Seaton. Seaton and Beeman. Okay. Was... Yeah.
1: Seaton is the offensive lineman. Jeremiah Beeman is a defensive lineman. 6'4", 265 from Birmingham, Alabama. He did commit to Alabama this summer as well on uh, May 21st. 66th overall player, ninth overall defensive lineman. He had a quote after the game. This is from Chad Simmons of On3. The game day atmosphere was crazy. It was one I had never experienced. It was unreal. When I walked out on that field, this whole student section was yelling my name. Wow. This is a guy who committed to Alabama. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Things are changing. I mean, like no one outside of here predicted. Like we knew. Outside of this show. Yes. And these viewers. Yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, But things are changing quickly in the recruiting game and you know what's going to happen jake you think the hate is strong right now (laughs) just wait until coach prime starts pulling recruits from schools like alabama and georgia
1: i've already made the decision to stop reading my mentions so it's okay good decision (laughs) um all right let's get the questions we've got a ton of viewers right now so guys smash the like button also subscribe to the podcast if you can't make it to the live we are right there in your pocket DMVR Buffs Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We'd appreciate your five-star review as well. Shout out to Shady Rays. A lot of sunglasses out last weekend. I got mine right here. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company. They make a world-class product. Durable frames, extremely clear polarized lenses. They've got hundreds and hundreds of combinations, guys. Go on their website at ShadyRays.com or check them out at the Park Meadows Mall. Uh, you can use the code DMVR. You'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. And you can try for yourself the Shades rated five stars by over a quarter million people. Then shout out to Game Time. Games are sold out. Got go to go to Game Time. Only <laughs> one way to go. <laughs> it's the only way. Uh, head over to Game Time, not just for Buffs tickets, but for tickets to any sporting event, wherever you may be. Baseball's still going. The NFL, of course. And we're gonna have NBA and NHL back very, very soon. College basketball as well. Let me um, just go ahead. Oh no, finish. i oh, was just gonna say, Game Time uh, is the best place to get your tickets. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account. Use code DMVR. You'll get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code DNVR for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute ticket tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
0: Let me just say this. Last thing I'll say on recruiting. It's. A bit of a rhetorical question, Jake. What's going to happen if Coach Prime is recruiting SEC-level trench players in the Big 12? It's over.
1: Yep. (laughs) We're getting
0: there. (laughs) We are on the verge.
1: Okay, one more thing I want to say, too, is, look, we, we don't have Travis now, and we're moving into the tougher part of the schedule. Let's maintain perspective that this is year one. Things have already been wildly over
0: expectations I posted for a clip everyone. yesterday from the Cover 3 podcast, one of the biggest college football podcasts out there. They had them going 0-3. Yep. They're 3-0. Yes. They've already exceeded many people's expectations for the whole season. Yes. So let's <clears throat> maintain
1: expectations, guys, please. We've got... This is just the first year. This time next year, we could be looking at a whole different conversation when it comes to this team.
0: I think I'm in like a really great place in terms of where what i feel i have realized that you should never ever ever uh doubt coach prime and what he's capable of of course and so i'm fully prepared on that side and i'm also in in perfect sync with like what the what this team um was expected to do and how far ahead of that they already are
1: yep all right let's get to questions 700 likes. Let's get to uh, what's a good number today by the time Thousand. the show ends. 1,000 by the end of the show. Let's do it. What's up, Henry? Is one player going to make that much of a difference on the running game? Are we getting oh. Bijan Robinson or something? I mean, you're not getting a top 10 NFL draft pick right now, but you're getting a guy who had one of the best freshman seasons for a running back two Ever. years ago. Ever. Um, he just looked the part as a true freshman. I mean, he had a devastating knee injury, tore his ACL. It's always a battle to come back from that. But if he comes back and is fully himself, this is a potentially game-changing player, I yeah.
0: think. I, I mean, just watch the tape. Watch the tape of him at his Go Houston. to thedmvr.com,
1: pull up the Ultimate Casco Film Room, and then you tell me.
0: Yep. Uh, it, he, is, he is that good. Um, now, B. John Robinson is a different level. But he is capable of being a great, great college running back. Uh, and there's a reason why Coach Prime did not want to get him out there before he felt he was fully ready. If he feels he's fully ready, you can expect big things. Oh, yeah. Jake, they think you are uh, you don't believe now.
1: <laughs> I can say whatever I want, and they're always going to think oh. I don't believe. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Richard, do we have the O-line for Alt in the run? I mean... I said this earlier, but I'll check on, uh, see if I can get a status on some of the more injured guys. I wanted to ask that to Coach Prime today. I just. just Van Wells. We need
0: an update on Van Wells, Carter, Slush, Javon. um,
1: I don't know. They're kind of banged up right now. Yeah. That's football, though. It is. Yeah, I don't know about Carter. Don't know about Slush. Don't know
0: about Des Moines. Well, and just so you guys know, like. We would never know this early in the week. Right. Um, Unless it was one of those things where it was just like they need one week. Like Carter sounds like it's an ankle thing. Um, Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's one of those ones where they thought they weren't going to need him against CSU um, and just wanted to be extra cautious there, give him a week and he'll be back. Um, Depending on what type of ankle it is, you know, just being fully uh, transparent here. A lot of a lot of ankle injuries. Shot shot a tour at all before the game, and uh, and you know guys play through that. But for the most part, you know you don't really know if a guy's going to play until Thursday. Coach did uh, say something about
1: Travis Jay today, though. Said he had a good practice. He was really like, I don't want to say he pushed back, but he was trying to I think manage expectations a little bit on him and Gant last week. But he went out of his way, I think, to mention Travis. I don't think he was directly asked about Travis Jay today, so he brought him up himself. I think that's a great sign um, what else do we got I don't know about Van Wells again well I'll get more answers tomorrow um, Connor's asking how about the timeline for Travis though uh, lacerated liver seems <laughs> like more than three weeks I I don't know
0: Uh-oh. yeah I mean it's a classic rest injury yeah um, it's one of the ones that I think is frustrating for a player although Travis feels like he's in uh, a good place about it you just have to let your body r- fix it yep um you know lacerated liver sounds really scary and it is a scary injury it, it means he has a cut on his liver yes same way you have a cut on your arm it just takes time to heal yep. um so he's just got to be really um gentle you know on his body and not you know not put it through any physical stress so that so his body can heal it um I think there's a chance that he could be back sooner. Mm-hmm. I think there's a chance that it could take another week. Sure. Uh, it's you know one of those things that you just it's on, it's on your body to heal it. I mean, the good news is Travis like
1: as a player is healthy. His legs are fine. Like he doesn't have like shoulder issues or back issues or anything. Like once this is healed, he's going to be the same player. Like, oh yeah, there shouldn't be a drop off at all
0: from this. No, it's it's in that regard. Um, it's a pot, you know it's a better injury than you know something somewhere else on your body of where course. it's like you're there's concern about uh how you're gonna heal from it of course um what else do we got
1: kicker choice this week this was interesting coach kind of talked about it too uh, after the game just how I mean they're playing who he thinks is the best kicker and he felt that he didn't really have a spot for Mata to come into the game until then when nope. jace got the kick to, or I don't think he got it blocked. I think he Mm -hmm. kind of shanked it. it. So he put
0: Mata in there. Mata was Mata. He doesn't miss. That's another takeaway I had watching the game, and I said it after the game too. But my heart was racing on the rewatch when he went out for that field goal because I'm just like, oh my god, this is such a big moment. If he misses this, the game's almost over. I tweeted it out like that was such a
1: during the game. This is a that was a massive kick. Yeah, to bring them back with them one possession, and people were kind of freaking out. Oh, well, I don't want to hear. It. I was like, No, this is—they're in position now.
0: Yeah, it, it was, and, and Mata is just so calm out there. Like, yeah. like I, I, said it on the postgame show. He looked like it, you know his—he was Steph Curry shooting pregame threes. <laughs> like, he walks up, knocks it down, daps up his boys, and walks off like it was nothing. Yep, um, he's got a slow heartbeat, man. He really does.
1: Um, crush that like button. Who's next? Uh, Nelly. What about the big wide receiver that's not playing? yet? Javon. I will get answers on him too. Or I will. He's
0: play. hurt. A lot of people are asking why isn't he playing. He's he hurt his shoulder in week one. Yep. Um, but also before or, week one, actually, well, he played in week one, didn't
1: he? Yeah, but he hurt okay it before.
0: Okay. okay. Um, we haven't seen any of the freshman wide receivers still. Yep. Yep, be interesting to see if they ever uh, get unleashed. Jalen
1: Ellis. Oh, we um, yeah. forgot
0: to mention this. Um, Matt H on Twitter yep. posted this. I thought it was a great, great post about patience on Cormani. Mm-hmm. Including Cormani, six out of the top fifteen recruits from last season have not played. The, they're freshmen. It happens. Yeah, thirty over thirty-three percent though of the top fifteen players in the country haven't seen a snap yet, including number one overall. Arch Manning, you—it's
1: look true. Freshman coming in and playing and starting right away is rare. Yes, and making an impact like you can throw a guy out there and start him and just kind of sink or swim and hope they figure it out. But a lot of times, it's just—it's not a great practice. Dylan,
0: these are guys that came in though. Oh no, I'm just trying to think of the, the freshmen who have even played for this team. Dylan, Dylan. Carter, Zelinski's just because he had right? to. Yeah, Carter is that it? I mean, I'm sure there's been special teams.
1: Uh, Ryan Staub got in there at the end of Nebraska. Doesn't count. Um, I'm looking through. I don't. We haven't seen any of the young linebackers. So that's yeah, important yeah. to keep in perspective, too. Haven't seen Tajay yet, so yeah. Uh, Pete, what are some of the defensive adjustments that need to be made in order to not get gashed by shallow crossers, especially being thin at corner the next couple of weeks? Uh, We already kind of talked about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, Um. there's a lot of different things you can do. I I will say I have to give credit to um, uh, Matt Mummy, who is the offensive coordinator at Colorado State. He kept on running that crosser, but it wasn't the same play over and over again. Mm -hmm. It was the same concept over and over again. But he kept sending the cross from a different spot on the field. So... The reason I bring that up is because one of the things you can do is just get inside leverage and jam them, right? And So they can't get across you, um, and you can keep them from getting there. Well, if you do that, you expose yourself on the outside, and it wasn't predictable as to where it was coming from. It wasn't always Horton. It was coming from different players. Sometimes it came from the tight end. Um, So he kept running it out of a different position on the field, and it made it a little bit harder for CU to say, okay, well, let's just play inside leverage. But if you go... um, later in the game in the film you can see one where shiloh he recognizes that they're gonna send the the tight end on that crosser again Yep. he runs up to the line and gets inside leverage and jams him up at the line and that's the one that ends up being the breed love where he could have knocked it down and somehow missed it just like cam yeah um so they ran it going both ways like that mesh concept but there are adjustments uh and if there's one thing that we saw like Remember, they couldn't stop the run, week one against TCU. So they hammered down on that, yep. And then they did a, a really good job of stopping it against Nebraska. I know the numbers ended up looking decent, but Nebraska ran the ball so many times that you know 200 yards is it wasn't really that much. And they did have that one long run by the quarterback. But anyways, they'll get it right. They'll get it adjusted. 95
1: Y cross. It's like a staple air raid play. Yep. And it can be ran out of many different formations. You can tag whoever you want with the cross, and it's always going to give you issues. It's just football.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and even when you like, you turn on the NFL on Sunday, <laughs> teams are running mesh and you know, yeah. shallow cross all day long yes. because it's really, really difficult to cover.
1: Yep. Um, we're not going to Oregon. We're having to watch-along on Saturday. Oh, do Chad's. What do you think about the broncos drafting shador
0: <laughs> not this year no not this year there's a funny moment in well off today where uh it's hard to hear because it, uh, they're at the broncos game and it's super loud but yeah. it sounds like shiloh and shador are talking about going to the nfl and coach prime said oh no y'all are staying um so not this year uh for shador and the broncos but after next year w- what people I think are slowly coming to learn about Shador is it's not just the arm talent. It's not just his uh, how, you know, cerebral he is. It's not just his athleticism. He has it. Yes. And In spades. It, exactly. And so, yes, please. I'll take that man as my quarterback for any team ever.
1: We need him out here. I tell you what, man. Yeah,
0: he, he really just has that thing. Like, I don't know. I, I fully believe him. When they say, What's well, going through your mind when you get the ball on the two yard line? He says, Brady mode. <laughs> and he, he plays the game like Tom Brady. He really does. He's
1: the, he is Tom Brady's like chosen one. I know. He doesn't have
0: a son like Coach Prime. Yep. He picks Shador. Yeah. He's really special. And that, that, that dog, that it factor, that clutch, it can't be taught. And I think it's one of the things that I think uh, NFL scouts sometimes miss on yep. when they pick a guy uh, early in the draft based on you know this, that trait, or the other thing. It's like, does he have that thing, though? Shador clearly does.
1: Oh, the Broncos. Next question.
0: Uh,
1: Colfax and York is where you can find the DMVR bar.
0: Yes, just outside of downtown Denver, right near Denver East High School, Colfax and York going to be popping
1: uh shout out to nigel for the super chat appreciate you man thinking of coming to boulder for the osu game on my birthday weekend but i don't have tickets to the game and want to get tickets to the tailgate will you be showing the game at the tailgate um we we don't have it at the tailgate but i mean if you come to the game and you're in boulder i mean you can find somewhere to go
0: well and you can find game time here's the thing there is a giant screen on the field right next to the stadium. So there's this tailgating lot that used to be the best tailgating lot, and then they uh, made it all bougie. Um, But on that tailgating lot, they have a giant screen. So you could just walk up to the the literal field that borders the stadium Mm -hmm. uh, and watch on that big screen.
1: Uh, Thank you for the super chat, though. Beasy with the super chat. Is McCaskill, is he playing? Sounds like it. Uh, Yeah, that's what we were told. Two weeks. It's been two weeks um who's most likely going to play for travis i mean that's there's no one fix all answer for that it's going to be a group yeah. of people first of all what side of the ball are you talking I about i know yeah <laughs> um let's run through a few more lone wolf how do you guys see see you matching up with oregon you see any holes that cu offense can attack on oregon defense i haven't watched oregon yet so i don't really know right
0: now one thing that texas tech did really well was run the ball out of the shotgun so mm. If CU can do that, uh, it will go a long, long way. I think uh, they ended up, let's see if I can pull it up quickly. They ended up running four. come on, 174 yards uh, on 5.4 yards per carry. Um, How so did Chuck play? He was up and down. He, 24, 24 of 38 for 282, three touchdowns, three interceptions. All right. He cuts back on those interceptions. They might win that football sure. game. Um, Shuck also had 101 yards rushing. Wow. Yeah. So uh, Taj Brooks for them, six carries, 66 yards. All right. Wow, Tyler Shuck had 23 carries. That is not going to happen for CU. No, that's crazy. That's insane. Um, And then on the other side of the ball, uh, Texas Tech did a great job of shutting down Oregon's running game. Yep. Um, they only averaged three point six yards per carry in that game. No. Yep. Um, so if you can take that away, make them one dimensional on offense. Do what CU does best on defense, which is uh, be opportunistic and turn the ball over, and you know uh, get the ball to two and let them work.
1: Uh, one more thing, Shiloh won Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week.
0: Let's go. Yep. Let's go. Every time uh, I don't know why, whenever I see like Shiloh won this or Shiloh did this, I just have the uh, Dion Jr. song playing in my head. What's up with it, Shiloh? <laughs> uh, like that was just playing in my head when I was scrolling <laughs> by that graphic. Let's go.
1: That is now the sixth player of the week award they've won.
0: Um, yeah. Just call it the Colorado Player of the Week at that this may point. May
1: as well. Uh, Saturday's watch along. I don't know. 15 minutes yeah, before the 15 game? 20 minutes before
0: I think we can like make it a pre-game show slash watch along Yep. get people uh privy to what's going on so they can hop in
1: uh, another super chat from Hayari thank you for the super chat thank Appreciate you so you. much um what fire do you th- do you think the uniforms will be this Saturday I wonder what they go with I mean I almost say just run back the TCU fit
0: I would too but I don't think that's happening. Yeah, Coach Prime uh, is gonna give them. I I would guess is gonna give them something new. Um, you could go gold white white. I like that look. You could go black white white. That one's cool too. Um,
1: How about them running out with the gold black black on Saturday though? Looks so good. Looks awesome. Uh, Mo Cushings has a super chat. Thank you. Uh, Hayari with another one. Who would you start at kicker? Does Mata start? Um, <coughs> already kind of talked about it. I, I'm just I mean, going to
0: lean on what Neely's been saying this whole time, which is that it's it's situational. Yeah. I mean, Feely has the, the dog on his chest for a reason. Yeah. Um. So if it's a long field goal, he's going to get that opportunity. Mata was out there in the big pressure situations. Yeah. Um, it's a good problem to have. I think you have two guys who are good enough to play at this level for sure.
1: Yep. All right. Um, I don't know about Jaquez yet. That's been a bummer because he was yep. looking like he had a chance to start. Yep. Slim, what comes with buying the tailgate ticket? I will be
0: there for the USC game. Hell yeah. Um I mean You get um, food. Food, unlimited you get, drink. You get drinks. You get good vibes. The new spot yep. that we have, we talked about it a little on the postgame show awesome this is really sick yeah um it's in like a big gazebo behind the hotel so we've got like grass area around it there's some benches tables to eat at yep uh and then, then just giant gazebo like maybe the biggest one i've ever seen um uh, and we're not even that far from Folsom field no it's a nice walk you walk up the creek Yep. uh and then you know just a little bit up the hill but it's a sweet spot and uh those tailgates are just going to keep getting bigger and bigger um I, I don't know we're a couple of weeks away from USC but uh, obviously it's an early game so I think we'll have Saucy's again at some point this season I don't Let's know if go. we're doing I don't know if, if that's going to be breakfast um, but it's a uh, it's a great tailgate spot man I'm super excited about it for the rest of the season
1: uh, we're 10 a.m. kickoff for USC right I
0: know <sighs> not great for us but you know what if the players like it yeah that matters more yeah Maybe we start the tailgate a little earlier for that one.
1: What is up, Sean? Hope you're doing well, bro. Will y'all be doing tailgates from Millennium from now on? Staying there for the SC game? If so, when can we
0: buy tailgate tickets? I don't know for a fact if they're up uh yet, but it will be on they're, the website. I don't think they are. Under events. Um We'll and let you know. Yeah. Someone in the comments said they loved the spot too, so it's not just oh, me. Oh yeah, that's
1: dope. There you Shout go. Shout out to everyone that came out. Uh, on Saturday, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right. That's all we got. We're moving forward. On to Oregon. All right. What did we get likes? Is that 880? 880. Damn. Good job, guys. That's awesome. Uh, the support's been incredible, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you all. We'll be back tomorrow. Let's go Buffs. Let's go Buffs.